Welcome to the Sin Job Pod. This is a podcast by young people from Sin Media. On each episode, a new Sin volunteer will speak to a media or creative industry worker in their field of interest. They'll discuss how to get your start in your chosen industry, the ins and outs of job hunting, and pro tips for landing that dream gig. Do you want to get your start in the media industry? Become a Sin volunteer today. Head to syn.org.au forward slash get involved to find out more. Welcome to another episode of Sin's New Job Pod, a podcast for young media makers to pick the brains of people in their industry of interest. My name's Anika and I'm a media and comm student at RMIT, former executive producer, current trainer and presenter here at Sin. And to say that I'm an avid music lover would be a severe understatement. I'm here with Sam Cummins and Simon Rinkler from Triple R in Melbourne. Sam is the music interviews and training coordinator here at Triple R, and Simon is the station music coordinator and long-serving host of Breaking and Entering. And we're going to be chatting about a few areas of discussion, including, I guess, what it's like breaking and entering into the media kind of music industry, um, and then a little bit about working at Triple R. Um, so let's get straight into it. And I thought to get straight into it, I wanted let's as we have a, a large kind of audience of young people aspiring to get into, I guess, the music media industries, we're always looking to develop our skills and we're always looking out for qualities that you know industry professionals look for within us um and so I thought what better kind of people to I guess um consult so we've as, as we've consulted some third party sources people who work with you Sam and Simon and we've we've asked them what are the best and worst qualities of working alongside you so <laughs> whoa this is really? a deep is this true <laughs> yes this is true <laughs> Oh my god! I I'm completely flabbergasted. I can't wait to hear. same. <laughs> okay, so Simon, we'll start with you. Um, and yep. Sam, feel free to, I guess you know, confirm or deny any of the statements made. Um, but this third oh, party source, <laughs> this third party source has said that Simon, with his eloquence, can turn even the most horrid tasting genre into a delicacy, describing cascading. <laughs> Describing cascading elements of sound as masterfully as a chef would describe elements of a dish, allowing you to hear every note as if a cacophony of flavour was exploding in your ears. His musical knowledge and referential mind are unsurpassed and he's possibly the nicest human on the planet. Yes, the planet. Oh, my goodness. I've never (laughs) been so flattered in my whole life. (laughs) I can confirm. I'm Um, blushing. I don't no need to fact check that one. That's <laughs> um, awesome. And I guess Sam and Simon, feel free to confirm or deny. Sam's educational background affords him the will and the skill to masterfully approach every new broadcaster trainee with exactly what they need and how to get them to where they're going. Not to mention his brilliant wrangling of musicians and artists, managers publicists broadcasters i could keep going says the source um like a force of nature he bends them into place where needed or they could do the most good always calm always collected always respectful <laughs> oh, this- can confirm <laughs> this is a beautiful description and what a, a lovely zoom call this is <laughs> i know it's just incredible my self-esteem <laughs> through the roof but that is 100% accurate and if anything uh, an understatement for sam's extraordinary abilities yeah I want to know who you've asked now. I'm desperate <laughs> to know. 
I have also like a collective kind of statement for both of you guys. Um, we've got both Sam and Simon have the ability to see the best in everyone, fostering positivity and a supportive nature, even in the wildest maelstrom or where kindness isn't earned. Simon and Sam are both just two pillars of triple R holding steadfast in their respective <laughs> positions against the tsunami of music swirling in the oceans of the earth through the burden that may be heavy, though the burden may be heavy at times, they bear the weight and continue on. <laughs> Wow. That's unbelievable. I'm putting this on my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> they were some of the best qualities of you guys um, so that listeners might be able to take from. Um, oh, and I guess the, wor- the worst qualities, we actually found from this third-party source that your weaknesses were actually your strengths, um, if this oh, makes sense. <laughs> so we had, um, it's because of all of this, all of these qualities that this third-party source has laid out that these are the very reasons why both you, <laughs> this third-party finds both of you guys infuriating, frustratingly skillful and amazingly talented at what they do. Um, and for these, this third-party source hates you for them, I guess. They're the worst <laughs> qualities. <laughs> I'll take that too. Yep. (laughs) But I guess I wanted to start it off when you're working alongside people, I guess, in the industry. Um, so these are obviously some, I guess, qualities of you guys that this person like adores and doesn't adore Mm. as much. Um, but what are some of the qualities, the admirable qualities that you guys enjoy working alongside? Um, and what are some of the qualities that you, I guess, look for when you're working um up with um colleagues or even co-hosts? Yeah, First of wow. all, I feel a lot of pressure now to live up to these uh, intros. Like, what if we turn into the office? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have an impossible yeah task ahead to to even remotely resemble this this introduction. But um, but it, it's a very good question. Um, and perhaps hinted at in what you were just describing in terms of, I suppose, having so much music being delivered to the station, so many interview opportunities, so much information, having the collaborative and sort of high degree of communication that's sort of a characteristic of Triple R's programming team and content team is so invaluable. Sadly, for the last year, it's been obviously a lot more challenging to kind of have those communications. But Sam and I traditionally uh, work directly opposite each other. And so we're constantly sort of discussing sort of uh, music that we're listening to, bands that are sort of appearing um, on our radars. And so, yeah, I suppose sort of those qualities that are sort of valued at Triple R are those kind of um, that great degree of curiosity. Um, and also just the enthusiasm to kind of share uh, sort of, yeah, uh, music or sort of events that you're finding interesting or exciting, I guess. Yeah. So would you say passion is like a big kind of um, quality that you look for in young kind of, um, I guess, people aspiring to get into the industry? Uh, big time, big time. And Sam, you see that all the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess just on top of what Simon just mentioned, which I totally agree with, the other sort of key values that I really value in um, people that are involved at Triple R and involved in the community is people with compassion and, and empathy. I feel like, you know, our role as community radio organization is to represent the community that we serve. And I think that to do that adequately, you need to have a high amount of compassion and empathy for the people around you because you're coexisting in this 
space where so many different types of people um, hopefully get to coexist with you. And I think to understand them on a fundamental level, you need to make sure you approach any interaction with each other with empathy and, and compassion. And I think it can take you a long way. Yeah, 100%. Um, so Sam, we might start with you. How did you start working at RRR? Yeah, well, my pathway into RRR is, I guess, a kind of common one for a few people in that I did the RMIT media degree think in 2010 through to 2013 and in my final year of the degree I got to do the room with a view radio subject um, and for those who don't know that's a subject that's closely linked with triple r through the station's educational license that goes back to its time in the mid-70s as 3RMT which is what the station was called before it was called triple r and it was attached to RMIT the university and so since then um, room with a view has been this platform for, for student radio makers to um, make radio on Triple R, which is a really awesome opportunity for for young undergraduate me- media emerging media makers. And so that was my pathway into the station. I got to do the Room of the View class and got to do shows on air, and then just loved the experience so much. And had always been a Triple R fan, and then just started volunteering at the station after that and just really immersing myself in the place and getting to know everyone. And yes, I guess slowly but surely, kind of. Um, getting more opportunities there. And then, yeah, a few paid p- positions came up that I applied for and yeah, eventually was lucky enough to get paid work there. But I think the pathway was really, yeah, doing the room of the view um, course to get my foot in the door and then just kind of spending as much time as I could volunteering at the organization. And how did you, I guess, find, I guess, navigate, because obviously lots of listeners will either be going from school into uni or uni into, I guess, full-time, the big bad kind of world um, of work. But how did you, I guess, um, navigate going from, you know, full-time uni into then full-time work? Yeah, well, I wasn't working full-time for a long time out of uni and it's a really tough time for people. Like I really remember that feeling of wanting to you know go into the industry that you want to work in and I decided that radio and sort of media making was where I wanted to um, put my energy into and it's a really disheartening time when you don't sort of get work straight away and you know you see people around you getting work maybe and it can be a real hit to your self-esteem and I you know for people listening who are in that stage in their kind of life I guess um, yeah I would say to them to not be too disheartened because things don't always happen really quickly There are a lot of great things to do in Melbourne. If you're living in Melbourne, um, you know, volunteer opportunities or, you know, potential casual paid opportunities that I think can um, help you on your path to getting that sort of more permanent employment. But it's a, yeah, it is a really tricky time. So um, I definitely sympathize with the people who have that feeling of, you know, not quite landing the things they want to land straight up, straight out of uni. And I think that unis can, in some ways set you up well for, for those expectations, but also, um, yeah, maybe there's not enough discussion around what happens if you don't land your dream job straight out of uni and what other opportunities are there for people. And I think triple R is a great sort of, it fills that void um, in many ways because you can volunteer there and it's a very welcoming and inclusive place. So even if you don't get paid work there, there's still so many ways to be involved. Um, so I guess just touching on what Sam is saying about, you know, not landing that dream job, I guess, once you come out of uni was, I guess, was music and like radio, was that something that you'd always kind of envision yourself in getting into, Simon? No, actually not at all. It, it was a total surprise to me that I kind of ended up pursuing that as a, yeah, as a career, I guess, because coming out of high school, going into university, I had this fairly rigid idea of the kinds of jobs that I'd be working in. And I was thinking economics or politics or sort of finance or something like this. And so I was doing that course 
And then through the social groups, like there was a radio society at the Sydney Uni. And through that, I sort of ended up doing a bit of basic broadcast training. I did, by coincidence, um, some training at a place called Two Triple R in um, in Sydney, and this is kind of before I even knew about Triple R in in Melbourne. So it's Western Sydney, um, and I, I was also really lucky to have a couple of other friends who did a graveyard shift at Two SER. So I'd kind of jump on like an overexcited sort of like you know like um, third wheel, and just um, yeah, bring some tracks and really really loved the environment loved all the people that I was getting to talk to found so many I guess kindred spirits um sort of been through those conversations and through those relationships ended up doing a bit of volunteer contributing to street press so kind of all of these side projects as extracurricular activities converged and I ended up SBS radio by entering a a competition to be a co-host of alchemy uh and so I ended up doing a show at Alchemy SBS in Sydney and then through that experience I was invited to become like a an intern and then from being an intern I then applied for a part-time job and by the time I'd finished uni all of my friends were kind of going for like postgraduate positions at different companies and I was kind of starting as like a part-time freelance a radio producer so it kind of was very unexpected um, and then yeah, I just kind of knew that I was in love with with media making. and Yeah, and you guys have both touched on, I guess, the importance of volunteering, I guess, putting yourself out there. Um, you know, what what's, like, how important is it to volunteer and put yourself out there? Oh, it's extremely important for a range of reasons. One, you know, you're when you are applying for jobs, you're competing with so many other people who have so much experience and it's such a good way to just get experience under your belt. So I guess if you're thinking about it in a kind of, career trajectory sense is good in that way but I also think it's just so valuable for the things we've touched on already building your self-worth and building your self-esteem but also making friends and finding you know your community and, and the people that you really relate to and I think it's a really tricky thing for young adults coming out of high school and uni trying to find their place in the world and I think that volunteering can really help with that and you make some lifelong friends I've really made some lifelong friends from volunteering at Triple R not even through working at Triple R and that's just one example of the type of volunteering you can do I really think we're blessed in Melbourne to have so many brilliant arts and media organizations and pretty much whatever you're into I think that there's a community of people around that thing and so it's really just about um, sometimes it takes a bit of bravery and it takes a bit of courage to enter into those communities because you feel like a bit of an outsider. But most of the time you, f- you, you find that people are very welcoming and, and inclusive and it's just about putting yourself out there and, and yeah, doing things like volunteering. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's perfectly, perfectly said. Um, I guess the only other thing potentially to note is also being very well aware, as, as Sam, you mentioned before, about obviously maybe some of the barriers to volunteering if you're also in a position where you're looking for work and needing sort of paid sort of employment but um if there is any way of kind of yeah trying to find any room in the week to kind of yeah to meet people to to find that sense of community and I suppose one thing that Triple R also offers like it, uh, Grace who is our Grace Kindelan who's our volunteers um, coordinator also offers a lot of sort of employment um, information and opportunities for people that are kind of involved at the station so through being a volunteer and being involved at the station it also can kind of open up um, volunteers to other employment opportunities that are happening in relevant fields as well 
Cool. And is this like the advice that you'd give, I guess, to people who don't, maybe don't know, young people who don't know what they want to get into, I guess, coming out of school, coming out of uni, that kind of idea? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that most, I mean, I think every single young person has interests and it's just about really immersing yourself in those interests and, and finding other people who have shared interests. And I think that online communities can really help with that, but but also there's usually a bridge into the real world as well. And um, yeah, it can be a really tricky thing to, to navigate straight out of high school, but generally speaking, those communities are around there and it's just about finding them and, and finding a foot in the door. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting when you talk about the real world, because obviously um, coming out of like, you know, po- in a post-COVID world, um, you know, the media landscape is changing a lot and it changes a lot in general from like a technological kind of point of view and from an, an initiative based point of view as well. Um, but I guess Simon as well, you kind of graduated in like the early 2000s and the mm-hmm. music industry in particular was undergoing a lot of changes in relation to I guess streaming services and you know things Mm. platforms like iTunes were picking up and I guess you can draw some similarities between now um, I guess coming out of um, post like being in a post-COVID kind of climate and that kind of period of time as well Um, because these are kind of circumstances that are really out of our control and we kind of we as I guess lovers of music and I guess distributors of music um, consumers of music sorry we we're kind of adapting to these changing times Um, but how do you go about navigating these changes times considering they're so far I guess out of our out of our kind of um, control oh I mean that's a that's a huge question and a really important one Um, it's something that I guess Sam and I are thinking about all of the time and I guess as an organization we're also constantly thinking about sort of shifts within the media landscape and sort of being visible and accessible on any platform where our audience is likely to find us or find us most valuable too so that is of course historically as a terrestrial broadcaster where we're sort of broadcast of 102.7 but increasingly to make sure that we're offering value and uh, sort of meaningful contributions on all different platforms from social media through to our website streaming opportunities too so I guess that's one part of of the question and and certainly something that as an organization but as as individuals were really conscious of but I suppose yeah when I started it was definitely a little bit more difficult to kind of self-publish in that respect of like podcasts I think were sort of becoming were coming of age I guess in like those kind of early to to mid-2000s um and so, and Sam will have a lot, a lot, a lot of valuable insights here, having sort of produced and, and published the Analysis Paralysis podcast kind of independently and in association with Triple R. But I suppose, actually, I've been finding a lot of really useful resources when I was preparing for this interview, looking through the SIN website and seeing um, advice on sort of organization, getting all of your content or anything that you've produced on a personal website, make, making sure that your LinkedIn is up to date, making, making sure that you're as visible as possible so that when uh, you're approaching organizations, there's a really easy way for people to see quite quickly what your catalog of, of work is, knowing that it is more accessible than other to kind of have a good quality microphone, um, free editing software, and to produce, you know, really, really compelling audio packages I guess no that was good so yeah I guess just like establishing yourself an online presence would is like the condensed version would you say yeah that's the that's absolutely the the concise version um organized and yeah collecting all of your material in one place that is easily accessible I I guess when you're a graphic designer you'd have like a a sort of showreel and maybe something similar as an audio produce a kind of an indicator of the types of interviews that you do maybe your skills in scripting um and sort of yeah having like a neat sort of landing page profile site that you can sort of share with people if you're looking to kind of market your your media making abilities 
Yeah. Do you guys do you guys think it like it's possible, I guess, to be super successful in the industry? Um this might this is a very subjective question, but do you think it is like possible to be super successful in the industry without an online presence or without a very strong online presence? I guess it depends how you define success, yeah. isn't it? Because to me, I think success in any form of media making is just about connecting with, you know, a loyal community of listeners or viewers or whatever it is. It might be a small community, but if it's a meaningful connection that you have with that small community or large community, then I think in my eyes, that's successful. Uh, I think it certainly helps because a lot of people exclusively are looking for that content online at the moment, but that's not to be said that there is still value in pursuing, yeah, more analog mediums or, or physical mediums but I think probably the most successful projects probably uh, use both both ends of the spectrum yeah as you say Sam there's no one pathway at all and yeah so many different niches and so many pro proliferating online communities or communities in general yes online platforms are clearly incredibly um, important in today's landscape but I I think that they shouldn't be prioritized over the content itself mm -hmm. and developing your craft and skill set I think that that fundamentally needs to be your your core sort of um, mm. process and that I don't think has changed over the different proliferations as Simon says of um, yeah the different platforms that have emerged I think fundamentally that needs to be what you get right and then yeah using online platforms clearly is a great way to to get your message and your your content out there so um, yeah certainly use that to your advantage but I think don't try and do too much too early really build up your craft and skill set before you're sort of sending it out into the world. How do you, I guess, how do you guys go about finding a balance between the two? Because obviously there's like the real world and like the online world. Um, and sometimes the online world, I know from my experiences, it can be quite overwhelming because there's just so much or like you try and put yourself out there and it's just like, it can it can be a lot sometimes. How do you guys go about finding a balance between, you know, building up those skills and also having a presence online? Well, Simon is someone who makes radio in the analog <laughs> space and and uh, promotes yourself online. How, how do you do it? What is interesting maybe about the question is the fact that you can connect more easily than ever with like-minded uh, communities around the world. And so the way I sort of balance it is by certainly being active on forums. I subscribe to a lot of newsletters from journalists everywhere and trying to have as much information about what's happening in a global context as possible. And certainly as a radio broadcaster, trying to be as, and as a member of RRR's programming team, as across global trends as possible. But I think balancing that, and I think it happens very naturally at RRR with that kind of IRL kind of community. Um, and I think... What Sam was saying before is almost the epitome of what Triple R is. It's like it's a it's a community hub. So it's an organization which kind of um, connects so many different strands of Melbourne's sort of landscape. So it's it's really a home for for broadcasters. It's a home for for musicians. It's a home for volunteers. It's um, and the people that are involved at the station are also deeply involved in so many different other communities. They're label owners, record store owners. Um, managers festival bookers like all kinds and so yeah definitely being a participant and sort of being involved um i guess at triple r going and seeing bands trying to sort of meet with people and 
and sort of uh, form partnerships with other community organizations, that's key. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, that can't be simply done necessarily online. It, it really kind of flows, those relationships build naturally from just those physical, I guess, experiences and those interactions, so. It's all about having like a well-rounded knowledge of what you're, I guess, like of, of like a worldly kind of knowledge. And that, and that ties into what you were saying, Simon. Thank you both for jumping on JobPod today. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Thanks, Anika. Yeah, so great to be here. <laughs>